Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Tunes and Technicolor. I'm your host, Xander Barnd, and I'm joined today by Ian Ort. Hey guys, I'm very happy to be here. This is I've been looking forward to this for all my life. Very happy to hear that. Today, we're going to be talking about the album Donda and the movie Zack Snyder's Justice League. But before we get into that, Ian, what have you been watching and listening to recently? Dude, I, like, don't watch many things anymore. I guess, like, I've kept up with some of the Marvel stuff, and I I watched, like, a couple, like, random shows on Netflix. I went back and I rewatched some of Daredevil, the Marvel show, that movie, or that show is really good. Recently, like, the, the, the most recent thing I've seen, though, was when we went to see The Last Duel. That was, mm-hmm. like, the most recent thing. That is really good. I have gotten addicted to The Weeknd now. That is, like, one of my favorite artists now. He's just, he's just crazy. Nice, nice. <laughs> Any albums specifically you've been listening to? You've just been listening to Dude, I can't name album names. That's okay. That's okay. I've listened to a couple albums recently. I had a lot of driving time this past weekend, and I've had a lot of time to listen to stuff. So I'm just going to say my top three. I listened to Isolation by Kali Uchis. It was a very vibey album. Just very, very pleasant to listen to. Kali Uchis has a great voice, and the songs just sound great. It's very R&B heavy and it was just a joy to listen to. I also listened to Oxnard by Anderson Pock, which was another R&B influenced album. Just very nice. Anderson Pock has a great and unique voice. Um, the rapping and the word the wordplay on it is really fun. The beats and the features gel very nicely with the rest of the album. And I also listened to the naked version of the Beatles album, Let It Be. I, I've heard the original, but I never bothered to sit down and listen to the naked version, and I walked away loving it way more than the original. I think the stripped-down aspect of it, compared to the original being more high production, it makes the album feel more personal, and I really, really enjoy that. And the vocals sound so crisp, and it's just such a clean album. The movie that I most recently watched is Natural Born Killers. My mom recommended this movie to me and said that I should watch it, so I did. And I walked away not liking it a whole lot. I think the zany and just absolutely wacky editing style that it goes for doesn't fit the tone of the movie. And I understand that that's what the director was going for, but I'm just not a huge fan of this over-edited style. Some directors such as like Baz Luhrmann do it a lot. It just, it gives me a headache watching it. And a lot of the times I'm just completely taken away from the rest of the movie because of the editing and it makes me less invested in the story and the characters and it just makes it a lot harder to follow. There are aspects of it I like. I think Robert Downey Jr. does a great job and Woody Harrelson, even though I'm not a huge fan of him, I think does pretty good. But the editing just holds it back so much for me and yeah, I just just wasn't the biggest fan of it. And now that we're done with that, it's time to talk about the album Donda by Kanye West. One of the first things I want to talk about this album is the rollout of it. (laughs) Not the album itself, but the rollout of it, which is one of the most baffling parts of it. I'm a big Kanye fan. I really enjoy his earlier stuff. I think his beats and his wordplay are so fun to listen to, and the features blend really well with his albums. I really like his production style. I think he's an amazing artist. And I was really excited in the summer of 2020 when he announced that he was going to release a new album after Jesus King, which was bad. A disappointment. It wasn't 
not even close to his best work. It's easily his worst, and the production, and wordplay, and lyrics even, were so much less than everything else he's ever released. It was very boring, which you'll come to see as a common trend soon. We'll get to that, though. No spoilers. <laughs> no, no spoilers. <laughs> so, just to double-check my work, this is from a Vox article, but essentially... He announced the album in summer of 2020 with a release date and cover art and everything, and he didn't release it uh, and didn't say anything about it. And he kept posting track lists on Twitter with different dates. And as a fan wanting to hear this album, it was so infuriating to watch him do this and just not do anything about it. And then he started his presidential campaign, which kind of put this album on a hold. Because he was focusing on running for president, which is ridiculous. And then he goes completely dark after his presidential campaign obviously fails. And essentially for half of 2021, he's nowhere to be seen. You, Nobody's heard from him and people are just wondering, where is this album and when is it coming out? And finally, he announces that he's having a listening party at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and he has the listening party and everything, and there's a date to drop it, and he just doesn't drop it. Again. Again. (laughs) So he has a second listening party, also in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, with a release date for the album and everything, and he doesn't drop it. He then proceeds to live in the stadium for a week while live-streaming himself working on the album, and he still doesn't drop it after that week. Finally, he has a listening party in Chicago with a release date for the album and everything, and he releases it a day late. <laughs> it was just such a rough rollout. It made me sick of it. It just made me want the album. Oh my god. Yeah. It was it was just so funny too because you could like you would like look at his Twitter and he was tweeting like every day until like November twenty fourth of like twenty twenty and then like Zinner said, it just went dark and it was like the funniest thing ever. It was just complete dead silence in, like, every way. Yeah, like, his Twitter, his Instagram, everything was just gone. (laughs) And that finally brings us to Donda. Um, Ian, why don't you give give your thoughts about this album? What did did you think of it? So, for some background, I'm not a big rap guy. However, when I listen to this, I have never wanted to just go deaf in my entire life. (laughs) Due to not, like atrociously bad anything just the incredible amount of boredom i have had to deal with so many boring things and this album is like on the top of that list every single song sounds the same every single beat is not a beat it's a background to the beat (laughs) there is no there is no substance to it like even like like a really generic trap beat is more entertaining to listen to there's a bass that hits like on like two and four every time and then there's like the choir sometimes yeah i one of my main gripes with this album there's there's two main things well i shouldn't say two there's a lot of things that i'm not a big fan of on this album to start off the length is absolutely ridiculous oh my god this album is an hour and 48 minutes long and 27 songs long. This is the longest album I've ever listened to, and it felt like that. It really, really felt like that. Every beat, there's no change in it. It's just the same thing. And that thing isn't very interesting to listen to, in all honesty. 
there's some moments where you can see the old Kanye shining through on songs like Believe What I Say, where he samples Lauryn Hill, and it's actually like a pretty good beat, or Heaven and Hell, where there is a pretty significant beat change that makes the song a lot more interesting. But for the most part, it's just this boring, monotonous, kind of trap-sounding beat, and it just doesn't fit Kanye's style at all. Another thing I want to talk about is that there's just so many features on this album. It really, it, it bogs it down, and it makes some songs, like, ridiculously long. Like, Off the Grid has three verses, and it's almost a six-minute song. Only one of these verses is Kanye, and it's right at the end. So the entire song, you're just waiting for him to show up on something that isn't the chorus. It is so horrendous how, like, weird this album is and hard to describe. I love, like, looking through the track list and seeing, like, some of, like, the lengths where, like, you'll have some that are, like, two minutes and others that are, like, six. And they sound the same. They're just the same song. Like, normally I wouldn't be upset at different track lengths because, like... Yeah, of course, some songs are going to be longer. I mean, on Kanye's previous albums, there's been three-minute songs and, like, nine-minute songs. And those songs have worked really well together. These songs work well in a different way, where they're all just kind of boring, and they all just kind of blend together. Like, there are some where I'm just... I'm, I'm looking at them, and I'm like, I can't remember what this song was about. I can't remember any wordplay, any lines, any beats... I can't remember much about most of these songs because they just sound so much the same. Yeah, it is just, it's it's really funny though too, just like how weird Kanye is in this entire album. There are like these weird breaks in the middle of some songs or just like as like songs as a whole where it's like, it's just talking and like I get what he's kind of going for, I think, but it just does not work. He's trying to pay tribute to his mother who died in 2007, which it's, it's a sweet thing to do that, but it doesn't work for the rest of this album. It feels very thrown together how they do it. Like you'll just have a song just start out with his mom talking and it just doesn't really fit together with the rest of the song. This, this this album feels like the rollout of a really bad movie or game where about every single time one studio was about a quarter of the way done, they completely changed every single person who was working on it and they just hired someone completely new and they just had a kind of just, they'd had like a, like a complete separate creative vision that just didn't work with it. And, but like they tried to keep it similar. So everything just sounds the same while also just being jarring and weird. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but Hurricane, the song on this album, has been worked on since, like, 2017, and it's it was supposed to be released, like, two, three years ago. It was supposed to be released on an album that was released in 2019, which is ridiculous to think about. Like, this song has just been being worked on for that long, and finally sees the light of day on this project, which is completely different to what it was originally striving for, what its original goals were. Yeah, it's... It's, it's like some of the choices too like Xander brought up like some of the samples and the features it's so weird like he has just this really weird tendency in this album of having like features or samples at like really weird points there's a song where they were the outro is one minute long and it's the same thing looped for a whole minute 
and it's of some YouTube video. It's very odd. Not to mention the part twos that are on this album, which are just remix versions of songs that are already on here, with the only thing being changed is a new featured verse. And it's very odd to put that at the end of the album where, like, not a, pot, not a lot of people are going to listen to it because it's listed as a part two, which... Why would it even be considered a part two? It's just a remix of the original song. The full original Kanye verse is still in there. The only thing that's changed is the feature. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah, it's so weird just seeing <laughs> this album and like in all of its like misshapen glory. I mean, you can you can see like what Kanye was trying to go for with this album. And you can also see it just not working at all. There are there are parts where I'm just like, oh man, if you would have just fleshed this out more, if this would have been on a different project, there's just so many, if you did this, this would have been better moments on this album. Like with the song Believe What I Say, I really like that sample, but Kanye's vocals on that song sound so bad because he just didn't have a good mic recording it. And it's just like, man, or like, the song Heaven and Hell, which I already brought up, it, it feels like an older Kanye song. I mean, it has some pretty good bars. It has a decent beat that changes and becomes really interesting. And you see these tracks and then you see this slog, this, abs this catalog of all these other songs. And you just, you just have to think to yourself, like, if somebody told Kanye no once while making this project, how different would this been? This, one of the things that impresses me with this album is how every single time I see, or I hear Kanye do something, and I'm like, okay, this is pretty good, he somehow immediately, at, like, after, finds a way to completely shoot down what I liked about it with something equally or worse, <laughs> like how you'll have a song and he Kanye has very good flow and very impressive like wordplay in the sense of he's very accurate and articulate and that sounds really good and you you start to kind of vibe out to that and then all of a sudden in the same song is a feature and you listen to it and you realize that Kanye's mic quality is just bad it's like completely different from the feature and it, it doesn't make any sense and it takes you out of the song because then it'll switch between the two and then you have someone sounding like he's talking through like his 2009 ipod touch and then you have a guy in a full studio like like yeah. actual studio and it's so weird and i don't understand how that even got past editing yeah and the thing is it's not the feature with the bad mic. It's always Kanye. <laughs> yeah, and he's the literal artist. I don't understand it. it like, it, it's so baffling. I, I like, legitimately don't understand how he could have made this album and thought it was good. Like, it, it's completely beyond me. Like, there are a lot of things I've heard or seen where people make them. This, this feels like a project that um that like a 20 year old college kid would make where they think they're way better than they actually are at their topic but once they submit it their college professor just shoots it down because it's really really bad <laughs> but then all their other classmates are like hyping it up because it's like the new thing and that's exactly what it feels like to me yeah i'm i was just supremely disappointed when i listened to this for the first time when i saw that runtime of an hour and 48 minutes I'm not gonna lie, I was really excited to listen to it. I was like, oh my god, I've been waiting for this for like almost two years at this point, and I'm just ready to listen to it. And listening to it, and then just 
this feeling of monotony and disappointment just overcoming me was just it was honestly just kind of sad i was i was just i was disappointed in kanye and what he released here honestly really just sums down to it's monotonous it's overly long it's disappointing it's not what i was looking for in yeah. a kanye project it's just boring lacks energy lacks lacks any substance that you would consider to be good and it's disappointing because rap one of the things that I always comment rap on is rap is very high energy a lot of times and mm-hmm. it gets you going a lot and this just doesn't yeah it just there's nothing interesting about a lot of these songs yeah well now that we're done talking about donda i think it's time to talk about the movie Zack Schneider's Justice League. So I was also here for the, I guess, build up and rollout of this movie. So essentially, and again, this is fact checked from not a Vox article this time, but a Ranker article. Essentially, Zack Schneider left Justice League about like three fourths of the way through production due to his daughter having some health issues and him wanting to be there for her. And Joss Whedon took over the production. And when the movie released, it, was, it wasn't it was received well at all. People that just did not like it. And there was this sect of people who believed that there was a Schneider cut of this movie because Zack Schneider, the director, left partway through. So they wanted his vision. And there was this huge push, which was just a bunch of nerds cyberbullying a lot of people who worked on this movie to be like, where's the Schneider cut? We know it's real. And then them saying like, I don't have any information on it. Please stop harassing me. When finally, in 2020, Zack Schneider came out and posted a picture on Instagram with film reels of the Snyder cut of Justice League saying, it's real. And then the main actors and actresses from it, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, and Jason Momoa tweeted, hashtag release the Snyder cut. And this just brought in a huge wave of people to be like, okay, now we really want this. And then when Warner Brothers released HBO Max, it was finally released. People said it was better than the original, but at that point, like, the original was received so poorly that, like, there was only room to go up. So, with the rollout talk out of the way, what did you think of this movie? I, one of the things when I watch movies, I cannot watch super long movies usually because I don't have the attention span. And the most glaring thing that I noticed uh, when I first saw Zack Snyder Justice League was the incredible uh, runtime of four hours and like six minutes. Yeah, this movie is ridiculously long. It's essentially an assembly cut of a movie, which is basically what happens when they have all the footage shot for a movie, but haven't edited any of it out yet. It's very bland. Zack Zach Schneider's visions for how he wanted the movie, like he wanted it in like the four by three aspect ratio for some reason. Mm-hmm. He wanted it in like black and white. Yeah. And it's so ugly looking. Like we even watched the colored version and still like the like the color palette was so gray. The brightest thing on there was like Flash's suit and it was still so desaturated and horrible looking. And like so many of the characters aren't really fleshed out a ton. So uh, during the original Justice League, the only characters that had standalone movies was Superman and Wonder Woman. By Zack Schneider's uh, Justice League, Aquaman also had one. However, Batman, Cyborg, and The Flash didn't have their movies yet. Yeah. Like, 
like the most appearance they had was like the Flash appeared in Suicide Squad for like five seconds to send Captain Boomerang to prison. He said zero <laughs> lines of dialogue. Two of the hours are spent fleshing it out. And it really just disappoints me in a lot of ways to see like the characters too. I really like the Flash as a superhero and the Flash sucked in this movie so he, much. He was so bad. He's used as the comic relief in this really dark and overly brooding world that Zack Snyder creates because that's just the type of director he is. He likes working with like muted color palettes and with dark themes and tones and a lot of the times it just comes off as comical how dark everything is. <laughs> Literally. Like and Flash in this movie is just so stand out because he, he's not written well. In fact, none of the characters are written super well, but the Flash especially because he's supposed to be the comic relief. And the humor just doesn't fit at all with this movie. It just feels so out of place. And every time he like cracks a one-liner, you're just like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, and it, it's really disappointing too because one of like the only good scenes in this whole movie, the the actor Ezra Miller, I haven't really seen anything else, but he has this really good scene. If you don't like the backs of the Flash, basically like just like simplified a lot, which isn't explained in the movie, by the way. Something like killed the Flash's mom when he was a child, and no one knows what that is except for the Flash. So they they end up arresting the Flash's father for the murder of the mother. So there's a really good scene in it where you have the Flash talking to his father while his father's in prison, and he's talking about how he's getting his criminal justice degree to prove that his father's innocent. He's going to get out of prison. It's been over 10 years, mm -hmm. and it's really good because you have his father telling him to just stop, that he doesn't want um, the Flash to throw away his life just to try to get him out of prison because his father's lost all hope in it. And it's a really good scene, and mm -hmm. it's really good acting. It's the only scene where, like, the, like, the really drab color palette works really well. Yeah. And it's really sad, and it's good, but... You wouldn't know any of that if you just didn't know the Flash. Yeah, like, like you, you, you wouldn't even know that that's his father because he's just called Henry. You just yeah. wouldn't know that. Like, I am not a huge comic book person, but I really like superhero movies, and I don't really know a lot of the lore going into Justice League or Infinity War or anything like that. So, like, watching it with Ian and him like explaining the backgrounds of these characters really helped me and it made me wish like these characters each got their own standalone movie before this one because them trying to cram all of this backstory into an already four hour long movie with already a huge overarching story is completely ridiculous you, there's no possible way to do that in a good way to establish three whole new characters that are supposed to be part of this superhero league and to have them be extremely fleshed out you just can't do that with this runtime even though it's four hours there's no way you could do that and it happens with like with cyborg as well and it sucks too because cyborg is a really cool comic book character and it's super cool especially to see like black representation in like a movie like this mm -hmm. and a play and he plays an incredibly integral role he's explained and it's like it's a cool backstory cyborg's backstory are the only good like set of scenes in the whole movie because it's 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 very quick and it still gets you to like him you immediately learn that he's a he's a really good high school kid he plays football he's he's really connected to his friends there's like there's like there's like a really short scene that which 
just I always like scenes where you can kind of just like see like something that's happening in their life and it gets you to understand the background of the character so like there's a scene where he's in trouble with the principal because he hacked into like into the grading system to change his friend's grade because his friend is going through like a, like, a lot of tough times and it's like one of the most disappointing things about this movie I, I wasn't even a huge fan of the original when I saw it in theaters like the fact that Cyborg has even less character development in the original is astounding. He is just, like, thrown into it. Same with The Flash. And Aquaman, even. They all get their own introductions in this movie, which I appreciate. It's one of the things I like over the original. I would say it. this cut of it is better than the original. Is it completely ridiculous? Like, the runtime and how it's structured? Absolutely. But it is better than the original, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I think um, it, it bothers me how the characters act because I do like a lot of comic book stuff, but like I don't like to hold superhero movies to like account with like comic book accurate representation because it's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. But like it bothers me how some of the characters act, how like characters like Batman act especially. One of like the cool things about Batman is he's like incredibly intelligent and he's just stupid in this movie. Like he's on the front lines fighting aliens who like are on par with Wonder Woman. He has like... He has, like, no intelligence to him. Like, um, they revive Superman in this movie, and Batman has no backup plan in case Superman is evil because he was revived from the dead or something. Mm-hmm. And it just, it seems like it goes completely against all their characters and how they, like, interact with stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's a real disappointment. Yeah, and it's, like, a lot of it, too. A lot of the movie just looks silly, but Zack Snyder's trying to keep a super serious tone. Yeah. Like, Batman's suit, for example, he has, like, these, like, little stubby ears on top, and he looks like... And it makes him look, like, really condensed. And it's hilarious to see him, and it kind of just takes you out. Yeah. Especially when you compare him next to, like, some of the other characters who, like... I say some of the characters, like, I think Wonder Woman looks pretty good. I actually was pretty impressed with the Flash's suit and making him not look super silly. Yeah. I, but, like, seeing Batman right next to it is so funny. Yeah. I think the Flash's suit is great. I think a lot of the costumes in this movie are pretty good. Except, like, Batman's. I do think Flash's suit is, like, the, the high point. Where yeah. it's, like, this blend between, like, a skin suit and this more, like, kind of robust and armor-type protection. And another thing about this movie looking silly, a lot of the CG and effects in this movie, they look horrible. They look so out of place and so jarring, and it just completely takes it out of the movie when you see, like, a CG alien interact with, like, a real person. Because you're just like, wow, that looks so fake and so gross. Where something like Infinity War works with having the main villain be, like, CG because it's really solid and really good CG and he still looks like a human whereas a lot of the characters like the villains like the henchmen I guess look ridiculous because of how bad their effects are yeah one of the things as well with kind of like the effects is I comparing it to Marvel I never really noticed this in Marvel movies because they do a really good job of it the characters when they're doing like super speed and stuff like jumping super high it doesn't look jarring because instead of just like having like a flat camera angle and just like having like really bad effects of them like shooting forward it's a really good camera angle where it changes and it's fluid and dynamic and it makes the characters look like they interact with the environment more more realistically even though they're jumping like 20 feet in the air but like in, in Justice League, there are so many scenes like Wonder Woman, like, like making, like, a really, like, standard human movement, like, taking a step forward, and she flies, like, 50 feet forward in, like, a second, and it looks so stupid, and it just takes you out of the movie completely. Yeah. And 
I really hate a lot of the aesthetics. This, uh, this like, in a lot of sci-fi movies, they do this, and it really irritates me, is how whenever anything is alien or advanced or technical, all it is is a ton of really shiny metal with a crap ton of edges and sharp sides on it. Like, every single thing looks like a Transformer, and it's really stupid. And it, like, it just kind of takes you out of it, too, when you see, like, other characters that have, like, really good designs. Like, The Flash and Wonder Woman have, like, good designs, and like their suits like look kind of normal and then you have like cyborg who's like the amount of like like triangles on that guy is like beyond my comprehension and not to mention like he's he's like completely cg except for his face and that cg interacting with a real human face looks gross and super unnatural and it just takes you out of the movie same with like the main villain's suit which is just like like it just spikes it's just like metallic spikes everywhere and it's, it was totally just them flexing, like, look what we can do with our effects. But it just fails, because it looks so ridiculous. Yeah, and I guess, like, I, I guess, like, the con... Maybe, like, if I'm being, like, really generous, maybe they're trying to contrast, like, the alien technology with, like, the human technology. But it's, like, it's so it's so over the top that even with that included, it just completely takes you out of it and like it just does not look natural at all even in like a sci-fi universe compared trying to compare it to oh look at how advanced they are and how inferior the humans are it's just stupid yeah and one of the last things i want to touch on is actually the plot and how it's structured in this movie i think it's completely ridiculous how they show hints of these characters and then give them backstories an hour and a half into the movie yeah it feels like they're just making up for not having movies for these characters like standalone movies for these characters and it just falls flat on its face because it doesn't develop the characters extremely well it develops them but you're left feeling unsatisfied with how they're developed and they just introduce them so quickly and you're just thrown with these characters and you're just like whoa 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 slow the brakes guys like who is this person why are they doing this you don't get the full motivation or the the full effect of who this character is like why do we want to cheer for this person yeah i think like too it's the character interactions between like the justice league members is atrocious like it's sort of uh, explained in this one but not really like for example like the atlanteans like aquaman's people and then the amazons wonder woman's people they don't like each other it's they're like racist towards you and the way that that's depicted in, in this incredible character development is one time aquaman says a mean thing towards wonder woman and that is it yeah there is no good interaction between these characters there's no actual entertainment they don't have any good banter they don't have any good chemistry it's like atrocious and it sucks comparing it to like another dc movie that has like really good interactions is like in Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's interaction with, like, the main, like, love interest is actually pretty good. Yeah, and, like, honestly. you could see, like, a lot of chemistry there. It goes to show that, like, the directing of Zack Snyder is really bad for characters. I, I also think it's the writing. The writing is so weak in this movie. To tell a really good and believable or encapsulating superhero movie, you have to have good writers that can tell the story of a, seri a comic book series in a good amount of time and make it still feel as fleshed out as those books because tr trying to fit an entire book into a movie is ridiculously hard and you see them struggling with it in this movie they're trying to balance all these characters and all these plot lines and in the end you're just feeling unsatisfied with how 
any of them are handled or resolved. Yeah, it's just beyond me that they can make this like the plot and the characters not have any interaction and not really feel like it's developed at all in four hours like the the plot is so weird and so contrived like and it's really generic too like there's a secret alien weapon hidden on earth from like thousands of years ago and now the big bad alien is coming back to reclaim it it's like it's not entertaining it's It's, not cool it's it's been it's been told hundreds of times this isn't something new and it's not told in a way where it feels like oh this is new it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah and like avengers infinity war kind of has like a similar structure where like you know there's like the the infinity stones and thanos is trying to get him and some of those on the earth and like that's where like the big battle occurs but not only is infinity war not four hours long the movie doesn't take the plot nearly as seriously like the movie marvel movies to me feel a lot more like instead of being a lot of action and comedy and um characters centered on a plot it feels like the plot is centered on all of those Mm -hmm. and it makes them and it makes the plots that are like really generic and like really simple feel more interesting because the plot isn't exactly the main focus it's the main focus, I think, in an Avengers movie, at least to me, is the interactions between the, the like the Avengers with each other. Yeah, like, I mean, even in like the original Avengers movie, like ha- most of the fun comes from these characters meeting each other for like the first time ever. It's just really interesting to watch. And Justice League doesn't have nearly as much of anything as Marvel does. Yeah, like. No one watches the first Avengers movie to see Loki steal a Tesseract. They watch it to see the Avengers do cool stuff and talk to each other and be funny. <laughs> and just Justice League just can't do that because yeah. they're not funny. They're not cool. They don't interact with each other well. It's just bland and boring. It, yeah, I this it really just comes down to it's poorly written. The effects aren't good. It's far too long. And it's just, it's boring. It's boring. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. Like there are usually like, re- like really good redeeming qualities you can find. Like oh, it's like the plot's bad, but the characters are good. No, this movie's just bad. It's so bland. I'm I'm gonna forget every single thing in this movie by next week because yeah. it's so uninteresting. It's it's very uninteresting. You know what that kind of reminds me of? Donda. That was a good segue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Now with that amazing segue. We're going to talk about the similarities between these two pieces of media. One of the first things I want to talk about is the length of these projects and how that affects them. The Snyder Cut being four hours, which is ridiculous for a movie, and Donda being an hour and 48 minutes being ridiculous for an album, it greatly affects both these pieces of media. I feel like if these were broken up into separate chunks, like Zack Snyder's Justice League being like a miniseries, or Donda being released as like a two-part album, not in like one huge chunk, if the length wasn't so long, I would like these better. Yeah, I think another thing too that's really similar, that's kind of weird, um, is like how the background of both of these things are like really rooted in kind of like sadness and stuff. Yeah. Like, like... Donda with Kanye's mom dying and then Zack Schneider's but what horrible things happened to his daughter I think I don't like to criticize people in a lot of times like with their projects like especially now with Zack Schneider like having this like such horrible things happen to him I didn't I like I would not 
want to make like a reveal of his movie immediately after it comes out because of how much like bad stuff has happened to the guy like um when when like we learned about all that bad stuff like i i feel like most people like stopped like 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 making fun of him and give him a break but like now people try to use like Zack Schneider's like like the traumatic things that happened as like an excuse for this movie being bad and i think it's important in like cases like this to separate the project from the person yeah. i don't think Zack Schneider is a bad person i'm sure he's a very nice guy who just has fun making movies and that's a great thing and i hope he's doing well in his life yeah. but the piece of media is still bad and i can criticize that and i can like make jokes about it i, I that's what i think at least and I- just so many people try to use it as like a defense to like say like oh no 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 Zack Schneider's Justice League isn't bad because look what ha- bad things happened to Zack Schneider it's like that is like it, it's not good I feel like if you really cared about Zack Schneider you would have criticized this movie because you wanted to do better because yeah. you like him On- yeah honestly you also see this with Donda I mean you see it with both pieces of media people are like oh you can't criticize Donda because it's about his mother where his mother isn't the focal the focal point of this album she's used in like interludes very sparsely but she isn't the main focus if this was like more focused on his mother i feel like this would be more personal and i'd like it more and it goes it's the same for justice league people are like oh you can't criticize the snyder cut because this is his creative vision and all this stuff happened to his daughter therefore your criticism is null because can't criticize a piece of media that was made when somebody was going through a hard time in their life which is completely untrue yeah it's also true or that i think that's similar between these movies is that beyond people just kind of like acting like that it's better just because of like the like the bad kind of backgrounds behind the movie people only like these two mediums as much as they do is because of the name people i guarantee you if you slapped any other rapper's name that like was like like i don't know you can make a fictional rapper and you can have them release Donda, and it will not get even close to the positive praise it got. Yeah. Same thing with Justice League. You can change the characters. Instead of Batman, you have, I don't know, Birdman. Something stupid like that. And it's not Zack Schneider's Justice League. Now it's, I don't know, Ronald Ronald Smith's Justice League. And no one would like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the amount of occult following that both of these figures have online is completely ridiculous. Like, if somebody says something bad about it, a lot of their fans will just take it as like a personal threat and just berate this person indefinitely until like you know they just forget about them and that it's for both artists a lot of kanye's fans will be like totally upset at you if you're like i didn't like donna that much and it goes it's the same for zach schneider's fans if you're like oh i wasn't a huge fan of justice league they'll just be like you went in wanting to hate it you just don't like Zack Schneider and his creative vision. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just so weird how people are with these things. Like, they literally treat some people like they're a literal deity, and it's beyond me how that works. Yeah, they treat them like they're above criticism, which, if you release a piece of media, nobody's above criticism. Like, if you release something to the public, you should be prepared to, like, have have people give their thoughts on it and say, like, what they think about it. Yeah, I've always been an advocate for criticizing, like, literally everything you can. And I, even if, like, your criticism is more, like, harsh or, like, a joke and, like, you're making fun of it, criticisms are valid if you want to improve. By saying, like, that, no, it's good because it just is, it just, it makes it for no improvement. And it sucks because I think that 
Zack Schneider, I think that he could be a good director. I think that it would be, his tone could work really well in a movie probably that isn't superhero based mm-hmm. and that he has a lot of talent in how he kind of and he has good i think he has very good ideas and i think he's an incredibly tough time at putting it on like an actual like on a set and having it go smoothly and i think by criticizing that and by saying you know there are a lot of like issues with this you really need to work on how you're actually getting your creative vision out there i think i think he could really improve and it's a similar thing with Kanye, where like you literally look to like his past with like his what is the first like five albums how many albums does he have he has 10 albums yeah so like his first like many albums are like like really good and like now he suddenly completely drops the ball with like this weird new style of thing yeah. and now everyone's praising it and he's never gonna improve again because he already thinks he's like at the peak because no one's gonna criticize it yeah and this isn't for like medium consumers either this is people these are the people around these people as well people just have to tell like famous people hey don't do that that's a bad idea once in a while or else you're gonna get really bland confusing and a misguided project like both of these yeah with the same problems too like the next movie is actually under directs if he makes another one it's probably going to have the same issues it's going to be boring it's going to be dry it's not going to be well executed it's going to have really really weird contrasting characters that don't work with each other when Kanye releases his next album in like 2030 it's going to probably be the same thing he's going to have like these really weird sporadic things that don't make any sense it's going to be the same because they think it's working and it shouldn't really be working. All right. And with that, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank Ian for joining me on this episode and helping me through these pieces of media. It was an absolute blast to watch and listen to these albums with you. Oh, I'm sure it was. (laughs) On the next episode... Uh, We're going to be discussing the album All My Demons Greet Me as a Friend and the film Princess Mononoke. So if you want to join in on that discussion, uh, feel free to watch that movie and listen to that album. And I want to give a shout out to Marvelous Animation. If you like the superhero talk that we did on this episode, you'll probably end up liking that show. They compare superheroes to anime characters and it's all very interesting and I'd recommend you give them a listen. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up, Ian? I hate Justice League. Never watch it. Watch <laughs> something good. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> what a way to end this podcast. Well, I will see y'all next time. This has been a production of Creative Communications for Jordan High School. Thank you.